We continue our New Year's resolutions by taking a look at Arizona State Sun Devils basketball on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, all you crazy people, and welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to check us out in a visual platform, wherever you're getting your podcast, though, hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications so you get an update when we post new content. Go ahead and stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36, and you can find the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Let's hop into today's conversation, taking a look at Sun Devils basketball. Yesterday, we talked about some New Year's resolutions for the football team. Today, we're flipping the script and looking at the basketball team as my dog rudely squeaks her toy in the middle of me recording. My apologies for that. Let's go ahead and start with just some basic fundamentals that the team needs to improve on. There's all sorts of things that you'd like to see better. The overall three-point percentage, I think, could be a little better, but 30.5% isn't hateful. 41.8% from the field, again, could be better. I guess it's not the worst thing in the world. But the one thing that does stand out as needing to be drastically updated is the free throw percentage. When Arizona State goes to the line, they are shooting just 68%. That just needs to be drastically improved. When you get put on the line, that's opportunity for points that you didn't get a chance for. And for Arizona State, that's been a lot this year. There's been a lot of opportunity for the Sun Devils to go to the line, make their free throws, get those points that they wouldn't have had otherwise but they haven't been able to accomplish that this year. And that just needs to be drastically improved. There's been a lot of really close games for the Sun Devils this year that some of them have been decided by the free throw percentage. The one that comes to mind for me is when we played uh, Texas Southern. And in that game, Arizona State was put on the free throw line. Well, they they were pretty good on their free throw percentage in that game, going 88 0.2%. But I mean, they missed two of them. And for what it's worth, you lost by one point. The game is definitely a little, a little more intact if you're able to shoot better from the free throw line. But there's been other games where Arizona State wasn't able to perform well when they got to the free throw line. Uh, How about this? 70% against U of A. Then for what it's worth, they only got put on the line 10 times. But that was a game that you lost by nine points. You make it a little bit closer when you get those free throws in there and you make some more of your opportunities. Arizona State needs to improve on the free throw line. This is uh, not really a negotiable for the team. It's, It's just well below average, needs to be improved. There's guys out here that I feel like can be good free throw shooters. An example, the team leader for the free throw shooting is Luther Muhammad, who's shooting 85.7% from the line. Alonzo Gaffney, 77.8%. However, those guys are averaging less than 20 minutes a game because they're not starting. 
the top starter for the team in terms of free throw percentage is Desmond Cambridge at 76.5%. Definitely nothing to scoff at. Pretty good. DJ Horn, 76.2%. Not terrible. But then there's a massive drop-off. Austin Nunez next at 71.4%. He's not a starter. The next starter is Devin Cambridge at 70.5%. And then it just drops into the mid-60s and lower. So, yeah, your free-throw percentage is carried a little bit by Luther Muhammad and Alonzo Gaffney, and neither of which are full-time starters for the team and are averaging 12.1 minutes and 18.3 minutes, respectively. When you're When you're not hitting your free throws, that's going to be a difference maker for a lot of your games. And again, there, there were some close wins for Arizona state where if your free throws were a little bit better, you win that game a little bit more comfortably. Not great, not terrible, could be better against Colorado. Here's a good one for you. Nine of 17, 52.9%. They won that game by one point. You make even 60% of your free throws like what you do on average. You win that game a little bit more comfortably. But there's a lot of close games for Arizona State that do get decided by the free throws. And if Arizona State had just shot a little bit better from the line, it's these are more comfortable games. Maybe you can find yourself a win against Texas Southern. Because San Francisco blew you out, U of A, you didn't get on the line enough to win those games. But, I mean, for what it's worth, that means you started the year 10-0. and 0. That's pretty cool. All in all, I understand that, like, 68% could definitely be worse. But, again, it's really being carried by Luther Muhammad's 85.7 and Alonzo Gaffney's 77.8. Take away their free throw opportunities. I'm sure you're probably closer to the mid-60s at that point. And that's where it's just got to be a lot better. When you get your opportunities, you got to be able to make the most of them. Again, I think the shooting overall for the team could be better. 41.8% from the field and 30.5% from deep could be better. It could also be worse. Arizona State has definitely not been a high-scoring team this year at 71.8. That is middle of the pack at best in the entire landscape of college basketball. It is what it is, I suppose. So for a team that's not scoring a lot of points, the, the, the shooting percentage definitely needs to improve a little bit. It does that. And you should feel more confident in your team's ability to win games a little more confidently and not be as stressed out as a small business owner or hiring manager. You know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have skills, values, and experiences to help achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find a helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants 
based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions will apply. As always, thank you guys for making the Locked on Sun Levels your first listen of the day. For your next listen, make it the Locked on Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked on's take of the day. Locked on Sports Today, film on YouTube and wherever you're getting your podcasts. Back into our conversation, looking at the things that Arizona State needs to improve on, or at least not so much improve on, but New Year's resolutions. I want to see Arizona State make a really good run in the Pac-12 this year. Arizona State in the Bobby Hurley era has finished as high as second place, or might have been third place. I'm double-checking that right now. During his tenure, it was second place in the 2018-2019 season. They also finished third one year, but other than that, 11th in his first year, 8th in his second year, tied for 8th his third year, then they got second, then they tied for third, and then it's been back to ninth place and 8th place for the team. This year, the Pac-12 isn't anything overly dominant, and there should be opportunity for the Sun Devils to really make the most out of it, get some wins, compete in the, in the conference, and maybe maybe eke out some, some clutch wins and place high. I definitely don't think you're winning the conference. You did play U of A very, very close. And someone shared with me that based off of like the expectancy of the quality of shots that Arizona State should have won that game, but neither here nor there. The, the ball didn't fall through. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Nonetheless, you played U of A close. You just definitely aren't as good as them. It is what it is. Call a spade a spade, as a famous Richie Bradshaw has said on this podcast many times. UCLA is also a really confident team at 13-2 and and 4-0 in conference play right now. Uh, USC and Utah, both solid 11-4 teams. U of A, obviously 13-1. and After Arizona State at 11-3, it's a little bit of a drop-off. Next, you've got two teams at 9-6, and six, Colorado and Washington. You've got Oregon at 8-6. and six. You've got Oregon State at 7-7. Seven and seven. Wazoo at 6-9. and nine. Stanford at 5-9. and nine. And Cal at 2-13. and 13. This is the year for Arizona State to make some major noise, send some waves, and be better competitors this year. As of right now, you are currently sitting uh, tied with Arizona and Oregon for fourth place in the Pac-12. You are behind U of A in terms of the head-to-head record. You haven't played Oregon yet. So, sorry, lost my train of thought. So what I want to see is... Arizona State take advantage of a weaker conference because after them, in terms of conference placement, uh, Oregon State, Colorado, Oregon State is one and two. Colorado, Washington, Washington State, and Oregon have all started off conference play one and three, and Stanford is 0 and four. And obviously, Cal is two and 13 on the season. There's no excuse for Arizona State to not win 
good chunk of these games, if not the vast majority of these opportunities for the team. I look at Arizona State, and I don't see a reason why they can't go above 500 for the first time in how many years? I just do my little tab there. For the first time since 2019-2020, when you went 11-7 and and finished third place. The past two years, you finished 10 and 10 last year and 7 and 10 the year before. You should be able to take advantage of the Pac-12 kind of being a lower team right now. There's only two ranked teams in the Pac-12. It's UCLA and Arizona who are definitively better than everybody else. And then you've got competitive teams like USC and Oregon. Other than that, and Utah, excuse me. Other than that, I mean, that's how many teams? Three, four, five teams. So in a worst-case scenario, you play sixth, right? Which would be its best finish since 2019-2020. It'd be the third-highest finish for the team. So take advantage of the Pac-12 not being as good this year and be able to go into these games more optimistically and win them just flat out. I don't see why Arizona State shouldn't be able to accomplish that. This year, they only get Cal once, unfortunately. But they still have Stanford a second time. Again, Stanford is 0-4 to start the year. They still have Oregon State twice. They have Wazoo twice. Or, yeah, they have Wazoo twice, which includes uh, Thursday night in Tempe. Be there, be square. They still have Washington. Like, it's just, there's no reason you can't capitalize off of this kind of schedule. So let's do it. Let's, Let's go out there play our best basketball, get some big wins, and get back on the right track in terms of Pac-12 placement. Once again, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to do this. So let, let's take care of business. One more time, thank you guys so much for choosing us as your first listen of the day. Make Locked On Sports Today your second listen as Peter Bukowski brings the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions for anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked on Sports Today, available on this platform, YouTube, and wherever you're getting your podcasts. Final thing here. This is the most obvious one. This is the one that just absolutely needs to change for the betterment of the remainder of the season. Because while Arizona State is 11-3, and they have played some close games that have come down to the wire and have made us very, very nervous. I, I, I looked Tarleton State at the very beginning of the year. You beat them by three. VCU beat them by four. You had to make a comeback in the second half against them. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a second. Colorado, you won by one. Stanford, you won by four. Creighton, you won by two. The biggest thing here for the Sun Devils is they need to play a full 40 minutes. Right now, they are a, they're a team that is a tale of two halves. And it's inconsistent, too. They're not a first-half team. They're not a second-half team. They are a one-half team. An example, NAU, when you won by, goodness gracious, 16 points, they only allowed NAU to score 22 in the first half and then surrendered 46 in the second half. So while you did win comfortably, allowing 46 points and a half is Pretty upsetting, to say the least. VCU, they they gave up 35 in the first half and then cooled them off to 24 in the second half. That's great. Grambling, they allowed 17 in the first half. Dominant, 
Then they allowed almost double that in the second half at 32. Alcorn State allowed 23 in the first half, pretty good. 31 in the second half, a little bit of an improvement. Colorado, they were down in that game 38, I believe 38-23. I'm double-checking. Yes, 38-23, and we're just getting outscored everywhere on the court. And then shut Colorado down to 21 in the second half. That's awesome. Stanford was the opposite. Held them to 21 in the first half, gave up 43 in the second half. SMU gave up 33 in the first half, held them to 24 in the second half. Creighton, 29 in the first half, 42 in the second half. The worst example, Arizona. They gave up 45 points in the first half, and then they bit down and held them to just 24 in the second half. If Arizona State plays a full amount of these games. Some of these games, you win more confidently, more comfortably. You might also be able to be really close to undefeated. You could have beaten Arizona, and you should have beaten Texas Southern. You should, based off of that, be a 13-1 team, ideally. You should also have some more confident, comfortable wins with bigger leads. There's a lot that goes into this because it's not necessarily an offensive problem and it's not necessarily a defensive problem. Obviously, some of it is when you're allowing however many points, but at the same time, Arizona State can be cold in certain games. Uh, NAU, they went from 47 to 37 in that game. Nothing terrible. VCU, they went from 28 to 35. A little bit of an improvement there. Uh, Michigan was a good game. What's a good example here? Grambling was a good game for the team. Alcorn was a good game. Colorado, they started off with only 23 points in the first half. They were down 38-23, like I mentioned. But then they turned it on and scored 37 points in the second half. If you play a complete game, you don't beat Colorado by one. You win that game a lot more comfortably. Stanford, 32 in the first half, 36 in the second half. Not terrible. That's a good start. Creighton, 35 in the first half, 38 in the second half. Maybe this is more of a defensive thing than anything else. The more I look at this, this definitely feels like a defensive problem, which is funny because Arizona State is actually a pretty solid defensive team, all things considered, but there's definitely times that they need to tighten down and be able to play a full 40 minutes. Again, this is a solid team. This is a quality team. This could be a 13-1 and team, but alternatively, this could also be probably close to a 500 team. The VCU game was a toss-up. Let's say that's a loss. Let's say you lost to Tarleton State. That's two losses. Um, let's see. Colorado could have been a loss. Stanford could have been a loss. Creighton could have been a loss. That's five more losses right there. That takes you down to a 6-8 and eight team, below 500, with those close games. You got to find a way to be consistent for the entirety of the game. Because if you can't do that, you're not going to get far. And right now, the expectation at Arizona State should be to remain competitive, make some noise, and get to the NCAA tournament, hopefully win a game. Right now, that's great. You're on pace to make the tournament. You'd probably be a lower seed, I imagine, but you're on pace to get to the tournament but I don't know if this team wins a game. 
let alone make some kind of miracle Cinderella run. They just aren't playing, again, sounds like a broken record. They're not playing a full 40 minutes right now. They're some some games it's dominant first half and they fall off in the second half and some games they start off really slow and end really hot. You got to find a way to be consistent. It's going to catch up with you. And I I understand that in the previous segment I just talked about the Pac-12 being a little volatile and how Arizona State should be able to take advantage. You barely beat Stanford and you barely beat Colorado. Stanford is 0 and 4 in conference play. Colorado is 1 and 3 in conference play. You played them that close. There is a little bit of concern for when you play UCLA twice. When you play Utah twice or once? Just once. When you play Utah this year, thankfully it's a home game. When you play U of A again, when you play Oregon twice, when you play USC twice, this is this is definitely a little bit of a cause of concern for the team you need to be able to play the full 40. I almost said 48. That's pros. You need to be able to play the full 40. If you can find a way to do that, I don't see a reason why you can't make some noise this year. But that's definitely the biggest thing the team has to improve on. It's the little things, staying in good coverage. Some of it's lucky shots. But, I mean, you got to be able to tighten up and then keep your foot on their throat when it comes to offense. Don't let up. I feel like you can be better than a 70-point team per game. We'll see. But thankfully, we are only about halfway through the season. Just about halfway through the season, 14 games in. So there's plenty of time for them to fix everything, move forward, get better, improve, and make some noise for the remainder of the year. That does wrap up this edition of Locked on Sunnivals, though. So thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Remember, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, if you want to check us out in a visual platform. Wherever you're getting them, though, hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications. Stay in touch with everything that's going on with the podcast by following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrad36, and you can find the podcast at LO underscore Sun Levels. Till next time, though, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun